This is the Retirement Detective Podcast, where we dive into cases with Philip Mock, chartered financial analyst and certified financial planner professional, to solve common retirement and financial planning questions. Get insight into how to solve quandaries that appear on the path to and through retirement, ideas on how to approach savings and investing for retirement, and how to plan for retirement in a tax-efficient manner. Now, here's your host and lead retirement detective, Philip Mock. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Retirement Detective Podcast. I'm Philip Mock, and today we will talk about some of the Secure 2.0 Act changes that take effect in 2024. The Secure 2.0 Act came out at the end of 2022, and a good portion of the provisions became effective in 2023, but a number of them only became effective in 2024. And so for our first episode of 2024, we will walk through these provisions in today's episode. Before we dive into the material for today's episode, I'd like to wish each and every one of you a happy new year. And I thank you so much for tuning in to listen to the podcast. I hope that your year end was great. Your holidays were great. Your New Year's Eve celebrations were fun, festive, and safe, and I am excited to welcome you to the podcast for calendar year 2024, and I hope that this will be a great year for you. I hope that last year was a great year for you, and I'm excited to start the new year with you today. And so for today's episode, we're going to pick a timely topic to look at for the beginning of the calendar year, which are some of the changes that occurred in the 2022 Secure 2.0 Act that don't take effect until 2024. But guess what? It's now 2024. So these are things that should be options for you now as you go through your planning process for this year. Remarkably, some of the provisions of the Secure 2.0 Act don't take effect until 2029. So there's a lot more changes coming down the line, but the majority of them, I'm going to say like 95% of the Secure 2.0 changes either became effective in 2023 or in 2024. Now there are a handful of these and I'm going to walk through them sort of rapid fire. We'll hit the highlights and move on to the next one. The first one we're going to look at today is that there are no longer designated Roth account required minimum distributions. So that was a mouthful. Let's unpack it. So in a retirement plan like a 401k, they have often have a pre-tax option and then a post-tax option, which would be like a Roth 401k. And historically, in a Roth IRA, there has not been a required minimum distribution, but if you had Roth money in a 401k plan, you were still required to distribute that. Therefore, there was a a pretty good case often to make a, a... Roth 401k to Roth IRA rollover after retirement in order to avoid that required distribution because having no required distribution in after-tax money is one of the best benefits of having a Roth IRA in the first place. And so you would want that same benefit for money in your Roth 401k. Now, effective 2024, they have eliminated that requirement. So You no longer have to have a required minimum distribution at the appropriate age if you have money in a Roth 401k. So 
that's a that's a big change. So if you have 401k money and you have Roth assets in your 401k and you are now coming up on required minimum distribution age, talk to your employer and make sure that they are up to date with this change and will not require you to take money out of your Roth 401k in 2024. If you're mid 70s and still working and this applies to you, um, first of all, way to go, sticking it for the long run, but go to your HR department and tell them that they need to make this change. Or perhaps you've retired and you still have money in your 401k and part of it's Roth that would also apply to you. While we're on the topic of workplace retirement plans, Another change that becomes effective in 2024 is that high wage earners are required to have after-tax money for their catch-up contributions. So if you're above a certain age, you can make a catch-up contribution to your retirement plan. And beginning in 2024, you're required to have that catch-up contribution go into the after-tax or Roth part of your retirement plan at work. Who who does this apply to? Well, your wages have to be above $145,000. So if your wages are above $145,000 and you're still working, then, and you want to make the catch-up, then your catch-up contribution will have to go to the Roth part of your 401k plan, even if your other contributions go to the pre-tax portion. Now, this is an interesting feature of this. So if the plan does not have a Roth feature, so let's say you have an employee that's above that payroll level and they want to make a catch-up contribution, but their plan does not allow for Roth contributions. Well, the Secure 2.0 Act added a provision that says if one person that's age-eligible and salary-required to contribute to a Roth portion, so they're of the catch-up age and they make more than $145,000 per year, if they're unable to make their contribution because there's no Roth option, then nobody in the plan gets to make a a catch-up contribution. If you have one person above that payroll level and they're of the appropriate age and they want to make the contribution, but the plan doesn't have the Roth feature so that they can do it, then nobody in the plan gets to make a catch-up contribution no matter how much they make. So if you're an employer, you have a small business, you probably want to take a look at this to make sure that um, you've added the Roth to your 401k plan so that you can not just take care of your highly compensated employees and give them this benefit, but if you don't have the Roth option in your 401k plan and you do have highly compensated employees that would want to take advantage of it, By not having it in there, you're not just hurting them, but you're actually hurting the rank-and-file employees, too, because no one would be able to make the catch-up contribution absent the Roth feature. That's a particularly stinging uh, provision in the Secure 2.0 Act, in my humble opinion. The next provision that becomes effective in 2024 on my list is the ability to directly move money from a 529 plan to a Roth IRA. Now, this is one of the provisions that I think sounds really interesting, but in practice will probably not be used all that often, but let's walk through it anyway. So, beginning in 2024, 
you can move money from a 529 plan to a Roth IRA as long as you meet the criteria, and the criteria are kind of stringent. So first of all, the Roth IRA that receives the funds must be in the same name as the beneficiary of the 529 plan. So that right away, you're already looking at a group of people that are younger to begin with because they have a 529 in their name with money in it still. And then they also have to have a Roth IRA established and then be able to move the money into it. The 529 contributions and earnings must go into the Roth IRA in kind, which is another interesting quirk. And the beneficiary must actually have compensation in that year. Now, this is probably uh, an interesting one. The 529 plan must have been opened at least 15 years ago. So if you have someone that has a 529 balance, but the 529 has been open less than 15 years, then you're not eligible for this 529 to Roth transfer. Some interesting things to think about, well, what if you change the beneficiary? Because that is permitted with 529 plans. Um, let's say you have two siblings and one needed more money than the other for college. You can actually change the beneficiary um, of your 529 plan to someone within your family. There's rules about who you can do that to, but um, the IRS has not made a determination on whether changing the beneficiary would restart that 15-year clock or not. So that's something that's yet to be determined. Also, any contributions that you made to the 529 plan in the last five years cannot be moved to the Roth IRA. The max that you can transfer from the 529 to the Roth is $35,000. We've got to find a case where you've got someone that has 529 assets, also has compensation and a Roth. So basically these are adults, young adults, and they still have 529 assets. Those assets have to have been there. First of all, the account has to have been there 15 years and the dollars that are moving out, which also have to move out in kind, have to have been there for at least five years. I, get, I think that really narrows the pool of who this is going to apply to retrospectively. But prospectively, it does create planning opportunities. So consider, for instance, opening a 529 plan for a young child with a very small balance if you weren't planning to save otherwise, if for nothing else, to get that 15-year clock started. The next thing on my list is that the IRA catch-up contribution limitations, which as an aside, every year you can contribute money to an IRA, and whether or not it's deductible depends on your income, but you're usually allowed to contribute. If you're above a certain age, there is a catch-up amount, so you're allowed to contribute a little more. And beginning in 2024, that catch-up amount is indexed for inflation. Prior, it was the base amount, and the base amount was indexed for inflation, but the catch-up part was not. For instance, in 2023, the total contribution limit to your traditional Roth was $6,500, but the catch-up, if you're over age 50, was $1,000. So that $6,500 amount for 2023, that base amount, that historically has moved upward for inflation, but the catch-up amount of $1,000 has not. Therefore, the catch-up amount as a percentage relative to the base has gotten smaller and smaller. So Secure 2.0 fixes this by now 
indexing both the base contribution limit and the catch-up amount for inflation, and that begins in 2024. The next ones I'm gonna cover, the next two are employer-related for small business owners, and uh, these are really the last two I'm gonna cover. There are a few that I'll just mention at the end that take effect in 2024, but we've already covered the major ones that I think will apply to most of my listeners. So the next one is effective 2024 in a simple IRA, employers can begin to make additional non-elective contributions into the simple IRA. So historically, a simple IRA is meant to be, as the acronym would imply, simple, easy, low reporting requirements, basically zero or very little cost to set up, and a required match for employees but the downside was that the contribution limit was pretty low and so that's what you gave up in exchange for all of the administrative ease but beginning in 2024 employers can make additional contributions just you know beyond what's required up to the lesser of five thousand dollars or ten percent of their compensation so whichever's less now Basically, 10% of comp for $50,000 is $5,000. So for anyone making over $50,000, you're basically limited at $5,000. Additionally, they made some changes to the contribution limits. So including the catch-up, and it increases by 10% for employers that have less than or equal to 25 employees and 25 to 50 employees who either increase their match to 4% or increase their non-elective employee, excuse me, employer contribution to 3%. So if you're a small business owner and you have a simple IRA plan at your company, uh, don't go exactly off what I just said because I tried to summarize a very complicated rule change in about three sentences. Talk to your accountant and see what you need to do to take advantage of these provisions for your plan in 2024. Also in 2024 for employers, uh, you can match payments participants make to their student loans. And there are a lot of rules around this, but um, increasing numbers of small companies are affected by the fact that Nearly all of our young people coming out of university have some degree of student loans. So from small employers to large, if this is a benefit you're interested in, maybe pursuing to help your employees out, maybe to be more attractive in the hiring workplace, because as we know, the labor market's kind of tight right now, um, you are permitted to match payments, match plan participants' payments on their student loans. Again, a lot of rules here too. Now, there are a few other odd provisions that take effect in 2024, such as the emergency savings account uh, creation, as well as some additional uh, hardship withdrawal features for 401k plans. For instance, uh, victims of domestic abuse now qualify for a hardship withdrawal from their 401k plan. But we've covered sort of the main ones today. And if you found these to be interesting or maybe pertinent to you, I encourage you to do some more research, talk to your financial advisor, talk to your CPA, and see what you need to do to take advantage of these in 2024. That's all for today's episode. 
I hope you found this helpful and I look forward to speaking with you next week. Take care. This recording strictly is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of the Retirement Detective Podcast. The Retirement Detective Podcast is not affiliated with any guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. The Retirement Detective Podcast does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. The Retirement Detective Podcast shall not be responsible for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decisions. This podcast is not a solicitation to purchase or sell securities or a solicitation for advisory services. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services, and nothing in this podcast should be relied upon as rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services. Philip Mock is not a detective or law enforcement officer, and any reference to such is for entertainment purposes only.